0: hi it's Dwyer Dwyercrime.blog I'm a Stanford law grad Uh, I've done an earlier video on the Melanie McGuire case right she's been convicted of killing and dismembering her husband Bill I hope you take a look at that video before looking at this video I also hope for interviews of Melanie McGuire who is one of the better interviews in the true crime genre, the defendant in this case, I would encourage you to look up the Direct Appeal videos. That's a podcast series from about two years ago. It's present right now on Google Podcasts, right? As is my own podcast, Do What Crime. Now, let's talk about a couple of seemingly small things that I think show that Melanie McGuire is lying and that she was involved in her husband's murder but first remember the opinion you should follow should be your own just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online now just a brief overview the couple was married in 1999. They had two boys. They lived in a Woodbridge, New Jersey apartment. Ray Bill worked as a computer program analyst. Melanie worked at a nurse in a medical practice in Morristown, New Jersey, where she's having an affair with a doctor, Bradley Miller. Right? Neither of these parties was completely faithful to the other. Now, what I want people to realize is that on April 28th, 2004, the date that bill goes missing, the couple actually successfully closes on a house purchase. Bill is so excited, and let's pay attention to the telephone evidence here. Bill is so excited on April 28th, 2004, that at 5.37 p.m., he calls the gas company to transfer their account to the new house. At 5.44 p.m., he calls a good friend to happily tell that friend that he has just closed on a house. At 5.59 p.m., he calls another good friend. These are people in his inner circle to share the great news that he's about to become a homeowner. Understand, there is no evidence that he talks to anyone else after six ten p.m. That afternoon. Right, this is the day he goes missing. He calls the gas company. He calls two friends to say, hey, I've closed successfully on the house. Now, just understand that we are to believe that on this victorious day where Bill has called good friends he then has an argument with his wife is physically abusive and decides to move out and to leave for the Atlantic City area Folks, I don't believe it He has worked hard for and just closed on a house in the Woodbridge area. The Woodbridge area is his family's current home, right? They live in an apartment and it's his family's future home. And let's remember, he and his wife have two young kids, two young sons, ages two and four. He has gleefully told friends about the house closing that night. The idea that that night he would then leave to go to Atlantic City, in my opinion, is simply not credible. For anyone who's serious about this case, I encourage you to look at and highlight the 5.44 PM call and the 5.59 p.m. call. Understand how important these friends are. He calls them right after he calls the gas company to move his gas account to the new house he's buying. Right, the idea that after buying a house, closing on a house in the Woodbridge area, that he's going to move out and move to Atlantic City in my opinion, is simply hogwash. It's a hole in Melanie's false narrative. And yes, I believe the narrative is false. Let's talk about another key piece of evidence here. And it's the manner in which the prescription for the chloral hydrate sedative found in Bill's car in Atlantic City is written now let's back up a little bit we were just talking about April 28th 2004 would it surprise you to learn that earlier that month the McGuire household conducted internet research to learn about buying a gun we know now Melanie's admitted it, that she bought a gun in Pennsylvania. Her narrative is that she did so for her husband, who was a convicted felon due to driving problems, right? Apparently, his driving history was so spotty, he eventually became a convicted felon, was not allowed to purchase a handgun. Melanie leaves New Jersey goes to Easton, Pennsylvania to purchase a gun for her husband. Right? That's her story. But understand, in the month of April 2004, someone at the McGuire residence also did research about poisons and sedatives, as well as murder. Right now, When the police eventually find Bill's Maxima vehicle, a few days later, on June 4th, 2004, they dust the car for prints, but can only lift Bill's own prints from inside the car. Right now, understand how staged, in my opinion, this is. As the police look through Bill's car, they find Bill's cell phone. They also find pamphlets of Virginia Beach area hotels. Now, significantly, inside the glove compartment, they find a syringe, similar to the ones used at the Morristown Medical Practice, where Melanie works. And they find a prescription bottle of chlorohydrate which is a very rarely prescribed powerful liquid sedative now this is a key piece of evidence folks because the prescription was in the name of a woman who was a patient of dr. Miller the doctor that Melanie was romantically involved with at the Morristown Medical Practice. Right, it was filled at eight thirty-two a.m. on April 28, 2004, the date on which the couple would later close on the house and Bill would later go missing after calling two friends. To happily tell them about closing on the house. Right, understand that the prescription is filled at a Walgreens pharmacy, not far from, less than two miles from, the daycare center attended by the McGuire children. Now, Melanie drops the kids off at the daycare center at 8.20 a.m. 8.20 a.m. The prescription written for a third-party female patient of the doctor Melanie is involved with is filled 12 minutes later at the Walgreens one and a half miles away from the kids daycare center right now let's talk about this because this to me really finishes Melanie's narrative I believe it's clear that Melanie is the one who fills the prescription she drops the kids off And then the prescription is filled 12 minutes later, one and a half miles away. But it's significant. I believe it's dispositive that the prescription is not written to Bill. It's not Bill's prescription It's in the name of a patient in Dr. Miller's Morristown medical practice. Melanie would have that information. Melanie would know Dr. Miller's patients, not Bill, right? Melanie would be the one to procure the prescription This, in my opinion, is overwhelming evidence that it was Melanie who did the internet searches and who picked up the medication from the Walgreens near the children's daycare facility. The timing can't be coincidental. They're closing on a house on April 28th, 2004. And that morning, Melanie picks up a forged prescription. It's not Dr. Miller's handwriting. Nurses at the Morristown Medical Facility wrote the prescriptions for their doctors. Right? They were allowed to do so. Melanie picks up. The powerful sedative. The morning of the day, they close on the house and Bill goes missing. Now understand, police caught up with the patient whose name was on the prescription and she testified that she had appointments with Dr. Miller. In March and April of 2004, and that she never received a prescription for chloral hydrate, and that she had never been to the Walgreens pharmacy where the prescription was filled. She acknowledged that the prescription showed her direct her correct date of birth and that the telephone number was very close to hers, only it was off by one digit. Folks, this is inside information that only Melanie would have. In my opinion, based on this evidence, Melanie planned to get this forged prescription. Melanie planned to use the name of one of her lover's patients. Melanie used that woman's name, used her date of birth, used her phone number, but changed it one digit so someone couldn't call her to confirm And then the day her husband goes missing, that morning, she's the one who fills this prescription one and a half miles away from her children's daycare center, less than 15 minutes after dropping off the kids at the daycare center. Right, folks? In my opinion, Melanie is involved in the murder of her husband. Right? You don't even have to get into her completely incredible story of driving to Atlantic City. After her husband leaves, doesn't say where he's going to go. Right, She's supposed to intuitively know he's going to travel all the way to Atlantic City. And we're supposed to believe that she then gets in her car and goes to Atlantic City for the stated purpose. Right, She acknowledges this of finding his car in Atlantic City, crowded city, and then moving his car to spite him this is during a time period in which she seeks an emergency protection order against her husband because he's supposed to be a danger to her if he's a danger to her why is she following him also do you believe that a guy would call his friend shortly before 6 p.m saying hey we closed on the house and then suddenly is collecting pamphlets of hotels in the Virginia Beach area, which is hours away. Folks, Melanie's story doesn't make sense. I'll just say we have witnesses to the mood Bill was in shortly before 6 p.m. on the night he goes missing. Right, These are the friends he called right after calling the gas company. We know he was excited about the house closing on it. They were supposed to move in the house in about a week or so. Right, The owners had written into the closing documents the right to linger at the house a little bit. So they close on the house. Bill is happy. Bill is calling friends. Bill then goes missing. When his car is found in Atlantic City, his wife has to admit that she drove the car in Atlantic City, right? Think about that admission. And then, of course, in the car is a prescription, a prescribed drug, powerful sedative, and it's not even Bill's prescription. It's a prescription from a patient who's being treated by Melanie's lover. Right, folks, this is very damning evidence. I'll concede. Given the lack of forensics at the Morristown apartment where they lived, I myself don't quite buy fully the prosecution's version of events, right but let's be clear here Melanie is involved in her husband's murder right I believe she has at least one accomplice I believe the body Bill's body may have been cut up someplace else but I have no doubt in my mind that Melanie was involved in the planning of the murder, and certainly in the covering up of the murder. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I'll concede she sounds very good in her interviews. She has an explanation for everything. But what I want observers to do is to look at the facts of the case how would Bill get a prescription that's written to a patient of Dr. Miller's? Right, who picked up the prescription at the Walgreens that was one and a half miles away from where the kids had just been dropped off by Melanie? Right, you get the feeling too. That Melanie is admitting only what she has to in other words she goes to Atlantic City she realizes that someone or some camera may have seen her getting out of Bill's car so then we get the story that she finds Bill's car she has a spare key she then decides she's going to move the car to spite him, right? Again, this is during the time period in which she then approaches the court to get an emergency protection order. If hubby is dangerous, why are you pursuing hubby? How do you even know that hubby who's excited about closing on a house in the Morristown area would be in Atlantic City? I believe that's a leap. Let me hear what you have to say. I hope you leave your comments and your theories in the comment section of this YouTube video. Thanks for stopping by.